Is it too soon to ask for a refill? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that okay? Are we recording now? <laughs> I don't remember how to make a podcast. It's been too long. New studio. Who did <laughs> I got it. I got this. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Oh, my God. We're back in the studio together. Back in the studio. Back in the saddle once again. Uh-huh. Mm, mm, We're back mm, in the saddle mm, once mm, again. Mm, Ladies and gentlemen, mm, Heaven and Tracy. Mm, 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 mm. Heaven, uh, another round, too. Mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Boogaloo? <laughs> I don't know. Is it's a movie. How, is that how you pronounce it? Boogaloo? <laughs> This is already a disaster. I thought that was a whale. <laughs> That's beluga. <laughs> okay, those sound so similar. Beluga boogaloo. <laughs> I will watch the shit out of that movie. <laughs> First, before we talk about this show, uh-huh. we'll do that in a second. Sure, I need to sure. tell you about how your children, in your absence, have been acting up. My children? Yes. Absolutely. I, love I when felt like they're my kids. <laughs> Just like any couple. You know, you need to get your daughter. Let me tell you what your daughter did today. What'd she do? <laughs> but no, I felt kind of like, uh, like mom, dad's like overseas on business mm-hmm. and the kids are just like running around, not listening to me. And I'm just like, oh, wait till your daddy gets home. Wait. Tweeting at you all crazy. Wait, I don't tweet at me all reckless. Like, ooh, okay, okay, ooh, you just wait. You just wait. Well, Dad's home. Your children have missed you. Oh, as I have I. Y'all so much. What What's going on today? Well, first of all, another round two. Back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> another round two. Having a Tracy strike back. <laughs> I can't think of any more sequels. Um, yo, did you watch The Lion King one and a half? No, we've talked about this, we right? Have. I've not watched it. You know what? This is not. Another <laughs> another round one and a half. You know what it is? Another, another round, round two, two, Heaven's Pride. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my Deception. God. Deception. Disgrace. <laughs> he asked for trouble the, the moment, moment he came. came. And the elephants are stomping. <laughs> and the, the percussion, hippos. though. It yes. <laughs> Let him run. Let's just sing this song for the Let entire episode. Let him hide. <laughs> That's not it. No. But do not forget what, what we cannot forgive. And he is not one, one of us. He, okay. I don't know the rest. He has never, never been one. There was no mean to him. You know. Let him chill. Let Kovu live. He need a family. <laughs> he need a family. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't choose who his daddy was. Get off his back. Yo. Um, Eternal story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sins of the father. Oh, my God. Okay, let's focus. It's like no one's ever listened to me before, so I'm saying all the things now. Please, you know what? Continue. This oh, is it's Tracy knows all my heart. this show is going to be. Oh. We do actually have a really fun show today. The entire episode is just going to be an interview because the interview is so dope. We just want everybody to to bathe in, in the, the fountain. Oh, yes. That is black girl glory. Yes. Of me. Mm. and heaven Mm. and the one and only Janet Mock. Janet is the author of the New York Times bestseller Redefining Realness about her life as a transgender woman. Mm -hmm. She's worked as a correspondent for Entertainment Tonight, contributing editor for Marie Claire, 
She's been a host of MSNBC's news and culture series, So Popular. She writes all the things in all the places. Yeah. She's so smart. Yes. She's so freaking smart. It's a little rude. Right? I mean, how are you just going to be, like, the smartest Can and you the have prettiest? It all? Yes, and Jenna have Mock the does. finest husband <laughs> and just, like, have the bombest wardrobe. Like, what about us? <sighs> Leave somewhere like else. So today we're going to ask her, how do we be you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to sit down and talk to Janet about um, her new film that's coming on HBO. It's called The Trans List. She produced it, and she conducted all of the interviews where she's just talking to some very, very prominent figures in the trans community. We talk about the cis white gaze, which is a thing. It's a it's definite real. thing. We cannot talk to Janet and not talk about Beyonce. And it's the return of pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Meow, 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 What? It was kind of like a, like a, like a cat. At the end, it was getting a little feral. A little weird. Sorry about that, y'all. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's do it! How about a cheers, ladies? Yes. To oh. um, to brown women hanging out. To brown people just hanging out and just living life. Yeah. And finding a refuge from the shitty-ass world outside. I've had a day. Shout out to Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> We're just living in it. We're just trying to make it. Clawing our way through. <laughs> so this cocktail, we're calling it the Janet. Mm, what's in the cocktail? It is ginger ale. Jack. I think I'm already drunk. I'm so slow. <laughs> yes. Ginger ale. Jack. <laughs> and a couple um, limes. It's delicious. Welcome to the show, Janet Mock, author thinker extraordinaire mm-hmm. oh thank you and movie producer now right yes i know bitch Crazy. moving up in the world <laughs> do it do it do it i kind of want to start at the beginning like baby janet baby janet yeah. baby janet so you were born in hawaii making you maybe the second most famous person from hawaii <laughs> yeah. besides the one barack obama <laughs> <laughs> besides him i feel like Growing up there is so different from growing up in mm-hmm. any other of the 49 states. Mm. Like, what, what, what is home for you? What is home for you, for me? I guess it'd be anywhere where my mother's couch is. Mm. My mother and my brothers, having them around. So my mom, they actually just moved to Denver. So it's really bizarre mm. not to go to Hawaii this year. Because I usually always go there around Thanksgiving. And that's yeah. where I spend time with my, my family and my siblings. But growing up in Hawaii was... Amazing. So first of all, it's like mostly people of color. Mm. And when I say people of color, I mean truly people of color, not mm. just black folk, right? Like we kind of like use that as a euphemism sometimes to like soften things up for white people. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, as a person of color, you know, like as a, this co- as a part of this coalition of, you know, linked really arms. Great tan, <laughs> I just think. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Asians and Polynesians. Word. And then you have like the military, the transient military people that come in and out, right? Yeah. So it's like this hodgepodge of experiences. It really is like a mixed plate. But still, like being black is something of note. Mm. Um, Like in my high school and middle school, I still, I think it was just me, my brother, and maybe another mixed black kid. I remember like when we were in the seventh grade, we were in summer fun. So we used to go to this day camp at the recreation center. And we taught everyone, for some reason, we ended up in the front teaching everyone the Tootsie Roll. (gasps) Okay. Okay. It was like one of those things where it's like you don't notice that stuff until you reflect back on. And it's like, why are we the two black kids teaching, teaching everyone to dance? Or how do we get this role of like being the dancers right. that mm-hmm. are instructing or not even instructed, but everyone looking and watching? Mm-hmm. You know that feeling when you, you ever gone to a wedding? Yeah. It's not like a black wedding. Yes. No, and you oh go God, and then all of a sudden so there's good. a circle around you. Teach and you're me like, how to do that thing. How did? How did 
How did I have an audience all of a sudden? <laughs> Teach me how to Douglas. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Douglas. But you know, my grandmother is full native Hawaiian. So she's indigenous to the islands. Her entire family's indigenous to the islands. And it was interesting to grow up with this sense of like being around folk of color, um, having this indigenous like sovereignty movement also being there, having this space of like gender nonconformity also being just kind of normal and natural like every day like in seventh grade my dance teacher for hula was a trans woman Mm. and she identified as mahuvahine which means trans woman loosely based in like a colonialized kind of terminology and she just was there and it was a way for me to be like oh there's someone who's gender non-conforming who's different um, who wasn't necessarily engaged in any kind of like medical transitioning or anything like that but like Mm -hmm. her identity as a woman was solid and never Mm. questioned so there's like a very queer sense of identity in Hawaii that I think has to do with the sense of always at least since America kind of came in and overthrew the monarchy and all of this stuff that we are these outsiders looking in and so we have our own kind of culture there and so it was interesting to grow up in that space and then also at the same time growing up partly in Oakland and Dallas with my father's family where it's Mm. just black 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 folk from (laughs) Louisiana and Mm -hmm. Texas who are very Southern, very Baptist um, and having these two different like polar opposites of um, existences, but still always growing up around folk of color. The only time the first time I ever was around like white people overwhelmingly was when I did like a semester for some random reason in Rhode Island. Um, (laughs) Exchange program, by the way. (laughs) Wait. Student exchange. I chose this. I chose that life. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> it was, it was like culture shock for you? Well, it's so weird because I'm writing about it in my next book right now. Like I'm in the midst Ooh, of like revisions. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm exploring that sense of like finally having my like blackness and being a person of color like really be this thing that I have to talk about mm. or explain. And like dealing with the microaggressions and all of these things that I didn't really have to deal with in Hawaii. Oakland or Dallas. I never had to deal with those things as much because I was mostly around folk who at least reflected me in some way. Word. Mm-hmm. What 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 were like some uh meaningful pop culture representations for you in your childhood? Destiny's Child. Yes. <laughs> but of Des- course. Like, oh my god. Yes. In my first book, I literally wrote a homage to Destiny's Child in um one oh of the chapters. It just was like they were so pivotal like seeing them and I, I liken it to when Oprah Winfrey said she saw Diana Ross in the Supremes mm. on the Ed Sullivan show like seeing them like Word. was this, this like light bulb moment that you know not only could I be beautiful and powerful but I could exist and be seen and it was mm. okay to be seen and to be celebrated and that the way that my hair moved and the way that I could adapt my hair Aww. and the way that my skin color could be so many different ways and all this <laughs> stuff like it was great and it was awesome and it was amazing mm-hmm. and to have that and be like yes bitches look at these girls they're killing yes. it like yes. they're at the top of the charts yes. like you know what I mean there was a way for me to be like oh yeah this is a way that it can be I can be young because there's also the intersection of youth and mm. I was a TRL kid so I watched TRL every yes. day after school like Woo. it was just as important as watching for some reason the Golden Girls and Designing Women on Lifetime oh, back to back do you remember shows. that? yes I loved <laughs> Designing Women oh my god have you seen Design- I, don't, I don't know Julia Sugarbaker yes she has the best monologues in the entire world Please go look what it is up. The, what is the premise of the show? So it's these, uh, I don't know if I remember. 
like four? the sugar baker design firm basically yeah. there are four women who work in this office it's Annie Potts who plays like the head designer there's Julia Sugar Baker who's like the older sister you better know the whole plot Delta, <laughs> Del- <laughs> Delta Burke is her pat her like pageant heyday okay. sister who's so Delta like would flight. be kind of like the Rue McClanahan mm-hmm. of the Golden Girls yes. gotcha yeah. the Blanche yeah. mm-hmm. and then you had like the secretary who is oh, I'm blanking on the actress's name but she's in a lot of movies now playing like the mom role mm. um, but it was like the four of them and they were killing it on dialogue they had like this black I don't think he identified as queer but he's came off very queer to me yeah Meshach Taylor I don't know I, I think his know. name was Anthony though on the and show then, and then the older woman <laughs> was saying black man black man do you remember that <laughs> I don't remember that part <laughs> wait the what? old kind of like she was like slightly senile and she'd come in and she was like black man black man where have you gone to black man black man where did you go Bernice what the hell are you singing about Uh, since we're still talking about Baby Janet, who was your first non-familial hero? Oh, then I would have to say it was my best friend, Wendy, mm. for sure. Tell us about Wendy. Wendy, I met her in the seventh grade. I was at a playground. She passed by. She was an out trans girl, 12 years old. No, I think she was 13 years old. I was 12. And is this in Hawaii? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, at Kalakau Intermediate School in Kalihi. What's up, Kalihi? So Wendy, she's Filipino. She ran away from home, um, I think, in the seventh grade, and she moved with her grandparents. And she was just this green-haired, um, long-legged, high short shorts-wearing, <laughs> volleyball-playing, flute-tooting trans girl <laughs> that I was like, when she tried to approach me and she was like trying to be my friend, I was very resistant at first. And I was resistant because I think that I knew that being friends with her would become like this life-changing thing, and it was, Mm. because Mm. she reflected me in ways that I had not even known that I needed at the time. She showed me that it was possible to be a trans girl, that it's okay, that it's healthy, that nothing is wrong with me. She introduced me to a whole wider network of, of trans women, too, in Hawaii that really enabled me to like find my own sense of, of freedom in my identity. Mm. One of the things, like you were speaking about, like finding a community of people mm-hmm. like you, that's something that like really, really struck me in your movie, The Trans List, because I, I feel like a lot of the women in the film were always talking about, you know, I went here and this is where I found my people. I found my tribe. I found my folks. Mm-hmm. Um, what for you was the hardest part about conducting these interviews? Because you conducted all the interviews yourself. I think the hardest part was even before I even got into the interviewing chair was selecting the folk Mm. who were going to be in it because this is my community. A lot of these people are like deeply rooted folk that I call on to be Mm. around me, right? And so like to make those decisions to say that my name is on this project, that I'm a producer of it, that I'm in control of the editorial content of it Mm. and selecting the people that are in it and like leveraging identity points or intersections of identity to say that because we had this intersection I don't think we can have this other person in Mm. that was the hardest part for me and then the next level was just sitting down and being present to show up to just listen and listen to someone as they're giving testimony because I'm making people walk through their entire lives Mm. for two hours to get five minutes in a film right one day we shot four people in one day in Los Angeles Mm. and it was it was Buck Angel Shane Ortega Miss Major Griffin Gracie and Bambi Salcedo and at the end of that me and Bambi were in tears because mm. I was so exhausted. She had come off of a red eye from doing activist work around trans Latina rights in Florida 
and she's sitting there and she's just in her red dress with her red lip and her blonde short crop so hair and she's just like honey I have nothing to give to you and mm. she's giving us everything oh. and so like for me like one of my favorite moments that happens in the film is when mm. Bambi she just a lot happens and she takes care of herself in that moment mm -hmm. and she leaves the yeah. chair I remember that scene I fought really hard to keep that moment in why did you want to keep it in I wanted to keep it in to show that sometimes we have to take care of ourselves mm. and that though we come off as strong and resilient that sometimes it's too much and saying that no I have some boundaries I need to take care of myself and keeping that empty chair for me symbolized a part of that but at the same time, it was also representative to me of the folk who cannot return to that chair, mm -hmm. right? The folk who have wow. been targeted, pushed, who don't want to leave their homes, who are in this current era, um, in an age of Trump, the folk who have to go back in the closet. Mm. I was deeply moved by that silence. Mm -hmm. Almost you love a silence, too. Listen, I love me a silence. Love you a silence, girl. <laughs> no, I, I just, I was so struck by the, the idea to just, of being like, yo, pause, I gotta tap out for a second. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, remind her to myself, I can do that. That's real. I need that and sometimes. It's not, and, it's yeah. not, and it's not weak, yeah. that's yeah. strength. Strength to know your boundaries. Yes. Yes. I was like, yo, respect. Being like, listen, I need a second Let's to gather pause. myself. I'm gonna take a minute, deal with the things that are coming up for me. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I didn't know that I could do until like a year ago, swear mm. to God. Like, I always felt that, like, if somebody asked me a question, if somebody wanted something from me, like, I had to give it just because they asked for it. That shit ain't true. That's ridiculous. Word. I'd be like, no all the time now. Trace, good morning. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I will not. I will not allow it. <laughs> no, slow down a little bit. It's a gift to be here and share myself with you. You're to, welcome. To quarter one Kanye West, <laughs> my presence is a present. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> that was beautiful. Beautifully Thank recited. Thank you. Very Maya Angelou. <laughs> Snaps, Maya. Snaps for heaven. Sister Maya Angelou. <laughs> you heard that right. <laughs> heaven, Angelou. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was watching, one of the things that I was surprised to see was um, old pictures of the interviewees as the assigned genders that they were born in. Mm -hmm. um, and I was surprised because in my head, and this could just be like a, a conjecture that I just like brought up, I feel like one of the one of the really perverse things that cis people always want to know is what did you used to look first mm -hmm. they want to know is mm -hmm. what's in your pants and mm -hmm. then second is what mm -hmm. did you used to look like yep. so I wasn't expecting to see people like mm -hmm. pictures of those people so talk to me about how your decision to include those for one mm -hmm. and two how did you navigate the straight cis gaze while you were putting this film together oh <sighs> So I was also the only trans person that was a part of the production team. Interesting. Beyond, beyond hair and makeup. We'd be and... out here for hair and makeup. <laughs> so yes. I, 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 made sure that, I made sure that trans folk were doing mm. the hair and makeup so that when our subjects came in, they felt mm. most comfortable with these people not trying to transform them, but making yeah. them oh present them at them best. Right? Because like mm. sometimes I feel like people underestimate the power of a good hair and makeup person to, to calm you, uh. to make you feel secure, to make you feel strong when oh you go out in God. the world Yo, in front of the camera. Any black woman <laughs> who has gone into a Sephora and has some white woman do her makeup knows this struggle. And both of the women who are on our team were black trans women. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we employ black they trans know. women who, yeah, know, they know, know. who they know how to make everyone glow. Hmm. But also the next piece was one of the harder tasks was hmm. talking with my fellow producers and the editor, Joanna, about why we need to minimize hmm. the amount of childhood photos. Hmm. I, I'm not an executive producer. I did not fund this project. <laughs> um, but because it's a visual medium and because people are talking about their childhood, um, 
many of the portraits had before photos. If you mm-hmm. want to call it before photos, I'd like to call them childhood photos. Yes. And um, for a lot of people, it was like, I said that whatever they are safe to share with us, mm. um, they can share with us. Obviously, I can't like police what yeah. people are comfortable with. And trans people all have different relationships to those photos for mm-hmm. many years of my life. I made my mother put them in a box and not have them displayed. I made my grandmother take them down mm. from, you know, from being a, a kid and a baby and all these things all the way through. Like I didn't have those photos. And then I came to a point in my life where I became more comfortable with those photos and I was okay with sharing some of them. Yeah. What was the point for you? I think that the shift probably happened in 2012. Mm. Um, But then there's also another shift where I kind of stopped telling my own story. I don't think it's necessary to like Mm -hmm. give all of myself to everyone. So there's like a first grade photo. I have a seventh grade photo. Actually, that's it. So two photos Mm. that I share and those are public domain now. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's sad is that one of the top things that's searched on any... um, any prominent trans person is, mm. you know, Janet Mock before. Like yeah. that's one of the top things. Yeah. And then, you know, the next is Janet Mock hair and then Janet Mock's boyfriend. Yeah. I have the other two. Honestly, Listen. I get it. Furious Googles from the two of us. I may have Googled one of those two. We had some fierce Googles. <laughs> but for me, it was like, is also respecting the agency of mm. each subject to tell us no. And a yeah. couple of them did. And so in some of the portraits, you won't in the portrait interviews. You won't see any childhood photos involved, but because we cover that area, yeah, um, and it's a visual medium, it was kind of necessary for some mm. of them. Are there um, certain other things that you avoided in the making of this film? Um, I openly didn't talk about people's transition mm. because I feel like it's one of the first things that folk Absolutely. ask um, trans people, and it becomes it's the most it's also the least interesting area for them to answer because they're so practiced and studied around it. Mm. They lived it and experienced it. They talked about it in their personal lives, and then they gone and soundbited it. Mm. So it's not very interesting. Um, so a lot of the times, what I asked them about was what what did they what did they see themselves doing when they grew up, and then all of that would come out. Um, the obstacles around that would come out. People talked about addiction, talked about uh, masking certain parts of their lives, and they were able to talk about it in ways that enabled it to we mark on the social medical transition, but it does not become the focus. Word. And the one time when we do talk about the body in any kind of explicit way, we have someone who's engaged in sex work mm-hmm. who talks about it, which is Buck Angel, who's our porn star in it, who's a trans man, who's a porn star. And he has his self-made moniker, which is a man with a pussy. <laughs> so like, it's just this person who's like unapologetically about centering desire, mm. pleasure politics in the body. And what I found so fascinating with Buck Angel's interview is a sense of like, he has had sex with every kind of person you yeah. can think of. <laughs> And I mean, every kind of body, however remixed it was or Mm -hmm. tweaked or not, you know, like he has touched so many different kinds of bodies. And I thought like, wow, that's the kind of perspective we would want in this film to talk about the body. Mm -hmm. So all these nagging questions people want to know, like, how do you have sex? And what is it like to be partners? And all these kind of things. (laughs) Like we had the perfect person to center and to talk about that. Um, And I was, I'm a sex positive, intersectional black feminist. So for me, it was important to not shy away from the fact that so many trans folks you know, mm. from Bambi Salcedo and Miss Major Griffin Gracie and Buck Angel have, have engaged in the sex trade, especially in a world that doesn't necessarily take care of them or center their bodies and experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the stories are very tough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with any marginalized group, um, our stories always seem to center on the sorrow and the pain mm. because they fit in very nicely with the the narrative of the mainstream, right? Like, oh, these poor so-and-so people, they have such tough lives, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. how did you navigate staying true to those actual stories and not feeding into that sort of desire for like, 
trans tragedy. Yeah, I know. What was so interesting for me was the sense of like, I didn't also want to not talk about those experiences, right? And so it was just how do we then weave them in so that when we talk about Miss Major being knocked out at Stonewall and then being politicized mm. while incarcerated. And so it was a sense of like ensuring that we were always contextualizing someone's story. So it wasn't just someone telling us I was a drug addict and I was on the streets and yeah. I was trying to figure out how I was going to make my next, you know, have mm-hmm. my next meal, blah, blah, blah. It was about holding the systems that make people so vulnerable accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was always the constant contextualizing of each person's traumatic story. Story. And then also pairing it with the sense of like, not just resilience for the sake of being like, we're like these super powered, marginalized people who make something out of nothing, though right. it is true. Listen, um, <laughs> magic out of nothing. Day. And for me, like so many of those stories happen with trans women of color who mm. were in the film. You know, we have Laverne Cox who talks about before becoming, um, before being on Orange is the New Black in the cover of Time magazine, she was in rent court. Mm-hmm. She was working in a bar that was known as the drag queen capital of the world as a trans woman. And that yeah. was highly problematic for yeah, her but she yeah. needed to pay what rent right no one was paying her rent for mm-hmm. her so contextualizing what her journey is and now she's on a cbs right drama. she's on cbs like how many she's black people CBS are on drama? cbs first of all first of all <laughs> wait what her new show is on cbs it's called doubt her literal title is like ivy league lawyer yes <laughs> wow <laughs> like what a time to be alive wow yeah. But it was also like the most close community to me is Mm. trans women of color. That's who my work centers around. People can kind of like try to dilute and, you know, smash down and make as basic as and distill my experience in the work that I do. But I center trans girls of color because no one really centers them. Mm. And especially in the platform that I have, I try to center them as much as possible. And so for me, it was like those girls are struggling right now. Mm. You know, they're on the streets. They're incarcerated. They're the ones writing me letters from behind bars. And to not include those stories to say that someone else has has been there and has made it out, like that was essential to me. And so for me, the gaze, which I loved your question, Tracy, the gaze was those girls, Mm. right? And so everything else for me was like, as long as I'm centering them in the work, then everyone else will be served. Yeah. And so like I don't need to I give them, I don't need yes. to give them definitions because they know. They I'm don't need the definitions down. that I learned through academia, through mm. NYU. They don't need that stuff or through a Bell Hooks book. They got it, you know, they got it through the lived experience. And so just by showing them that someone else has been there, they then hopefully have some kind of a blueprint to make it out. Mm. I'm literally writing that down. It was beautiful. You you started the hashtag girls like us. Mm-hmm. Uh I didn't realize this. Uh, until I, I was doing research for this. But that was in response to Trump before Trump was even a mm-hmm. thing we that had to was legitimately crazy. care about. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, oh my God, my yeah. God. It's because of Jenna Talakova, the Miss Universe Canada contestant who was mm. pushed out because they said that she was delegitimized because she didn't she didn't um, disclose that she was assigned male at birth. Right. Mm. So this is before the Trump presidency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what year was this? 2012. Mm. Such a simple time, apparently. It's because of the <laughs> <a> beauty pageant. <laughs> right? <laughs> I had seen this hashtag mm-hmm. before yeah. uh, as a way to share uh, trans women's stories. Mm-hmm. That's what led me to you. I'm figuring out oh, who you wow. are. It was a hashtag. Twitter. But I had it. Twitter. Yeah. Old Twitter. <laughs> old Twitter. Old Twitter. Shout out to old Twitter. <laughs> we miss you. R.I.P. <laughs> when it was just so small and... Just it felt so much more communal. Yeah, yeah. I like avoid my mentions now. I never used, you know, like the last like two years, it just shifted. But mm. um, I think that's why I'm also like more 
in tune with Instagram now. Ooh, I find it more. to be more positive, more true. Yes, that highlights on point. Here's yes. a, yes. you know, this emoji. <laughs> like, yes. like I write hair flip emoji. Hair flip emoji. Yes. Anytime, yeah. anytime, like I see a pretty photo of someone, like I'm like all caps beauty yes. exclamation point. That is like my number one <laughs> comment. I'm always like beauty. <laughs> Melissa like, Harris Perry has the same opinion of Instagram. She's like, I don't fuck with Twitter, but Instagram is my yes. shit. And I get it. I get that. I so think it's because you can't really pretty. search unless the search is different because you have to search hashtags mm-hmm. to find. So like because I don't really hashtag my photos, you can't find me unless you're really looking for me. Yeah. You yeah. have to go on my feed. There's a lot more effort where you can't put like black woman and then troll all people who wrote black and <laughs> yeah. woman next right. to each other. Right. right. So it's right. like harder to find people that you don't know and follow. Uh-huh. And so there's like a different gatekeeping, I think. That's true. I, I really have to go to the bathroom. Oh. How do it's, we feel about that community? <laughs> Can we do refills while Heaven is unfilling herself? That was crass. That I was said that. Wild. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I but I, I, to uh, I'm staying here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk with Janet more about all of the things. But first, can you pay my bills? Oh, can you pay my cell phone bills? Can you pay my podcast bills? <laughs> you see what I did? <laughs> it's really hard to miss, Tracy. It's really hard to miss. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pay some bills. And we're back with the lovely and talented Janet Mock. Yay! We were talking about the hashtag Girls Like Us. So the hashtag came before we really had to genuinely contend with a Trump anything. Yeah. Let this alone a Trump, Trump presidency. He was just kind of like the owner of the Miss Universe pageant. Yeah. Guy with a lot and of the money. Miss USA organization. Mm-hmm. Right? And so like during that time, I actually think that he didn't really jump on the bandwagon so hard. Mm. He was just like, as long as she has the papers to prove that she's a woman, we are fine. Hmm. Right? And that can look so many different ways depending on where you live. She was in Canada, so they allowed her to change her gender marker and all this stuff. So she had the documentation. Is that easier Mm. in Canada? I don't know if it's easier, but I think that they're able to change. Mm. Um, Whereas in the United States, it's not as consistent. Yeah. So in some states, you can change quite easily. Sure. And in others, you can't. And in some, you have to prove that you have had bottom surgery in order to change um, Mm. gender markers. And so like what Hillary Clinton did so well in 2010, her state department actually passed a regulation that shut down the requirement that you have to have bottom surgery in order to change your gender marker on your passport, which then enabled trans people a backdoor to be able to have identification that reflected their lived gendered experience without necessarily having to have medical intervention. Mm. And that was something that was just quietly done in 2010. Hmm. And so now what's happening in the post-Trump election is that um, trans folk grassroots movements are actually raising money to ensure that trans folk can get um, access to paying for a passport because that shit is expensive, Uh which people don't remember. Uh You know, sometimes like, you know, $110 is a lot for a lot of people. And then in addition to doing all of the paperwork. So they're raising money to ensure that trans um, folk can have access to that before it possibly gets overturned in any way. Mm. And Hillary Clinton only did that because a trans woman wrote her a letter, which she wrote, she talked about. She was like, she never knew that it was an issue or a problem. She was like, Mm. what I can do in my state department is shut down that requirement. And so it was just because she listened to a constituent that she changed that. Yeah. I can't remember where I was reading this, but one of the things was that like people can't really see the demonstrable skills that Hillary Clinton has. Mm. And one of those skills is listening. Mm -hmm. Say more. Listening. 
that is not a skill that is valued really in most humans. Because it's not yeah. a skill. It's not a skill that's bombastic or sexy in the way that right. it's um, telegenic. Right. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like someone can't. Someone nodding mm-hmm. is not going it's to not, be interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. not anything. And I also think that her and President Obama both have this sense of wanting to understand and learn. They have that yeah. scholarly academic absolutely part of right, themselves right. where it's like <clears throat> I constantly want to challenge myself to know more. Um, some of the reporting that's coming out is that you know President Elect Trump can't even doesn't even want to do the briefings right <laughs> right now or is that something that's, that's something that you know obama thrives he loves yeah, that he loves sitting crude. there and listening and thinking about solutions and you know things that we don't even know about like i just think about the time when i saw the portrait of them which broke my heart the portrait of president obama and um trump sitting there and and Martin Luther King's bust in the background. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking like death. Just so much. <laughs> like, kill me, please. Looking like death. <laughs> no, but, but just so much. Like, yeah. it was just a lot for me. It was like, it was almost, and this is not even, this is not, <laughs> this is so wrong. And the Britney stands are going to be so mad at me. This is a safe but like, space, girl. We got you. Beyonce and Britney Spears, mm. in the height of their careers, are both sharing the same stage. Beyonce performed her entire album at the VMAs, basically. And Britney came on after. They share the same stage. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't matter like how what your talent level is. It does not matter. Your whiteness will get you in. Uh, and so like in anywhere. Woo! Woo! And so for Woo! me, Woo! it will it will get you in. Like it's like, okay. Let me take a sip on that one. You know, and everyone will applaud. And, sure, sure. But for me, it was heartbreaking to see. Um, him sharing space with the man that mm. questioned his legitimacy right, yeah. as just an American. Yeah. Um, and that was the start of his, Trump's political career, was the questioning of Barack that Obama. undermining, yeah. And that was the rallying cry for that constituency. For of racists white everywhere. Who, yeah. <laughs> of, you know, the all the white bill that, for racists you know, everywhere. came up and, and rallied behind him and got him elected through the Electoral College. So. Ugh. I'm getting depressed. Let's go back to Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I understand that you are a bit of a Beyonce fan. I am. A little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what level Beehive member are you? Like on a scale from <laughs> she's cool to that girl on Twitter who got evicted because she spent her rent money <laughs> on Beyonce tickets. Like where do you fall on this spectrum? <laughs> I, I think I am in the middle. <laughs> I am someone who has a very deep relationship with Beyonce that feels um, almost like sisterly, even though I am like the law sister, like that Keyonce character on YouTube. Beyonce that- is yeah. so <laughs> like funny. I'm like She's that. So like good. they don't see me. Like, <laughs> I'm holding a fan in the background. You know, like I'm her. I'm <laughs> I'm her to that level. But like I'm not going to go on Twitter and like defend her right to live. Like because Beyonce uh-huh. is fine. You know what I was thinking about in the shower this morning. <laughs> Tell me more, Jersey. Many things, but I was thinking about how perfect and beautiful it was that when people were threatening to boycott Beyonce, she mm. made shirts. She made a shirt. That said, boycott Beyonce. <laughs> Y'all. That's one of the most baller-ass Y'all. Wait, Tracy, the last time I saw you was on the train the yes, from the city field. We were real. We took trains Wait, back home. We after, did. After we the city sure field did. formation concert. It was letting out. I was just like, just we drained were sweating. We were, everything. We ran out probably after the last set. I think we yeah, both were in the front of the like, train. Right. It was like, it's time to Gotta go. go. Gotta See, go. but that's how much of a stand I'm not. 
I didn't. I didn't save for the last two songs. You after she, for the last no, songs. after she did. After she did her waterworks yeah. routine, I was like, time to walk up the steps. Thought her waterworks <laughs> and I, were and like walking a little bit, get in front of everybody, freedom, right? And then I ran to the to the what train was the seven train? It was a seven because it was, it was all seven. the way out. I was like, train so, yeah. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, she knows who I am. Wait, like, you oh, take man. the train. I right? Do. Even in full hair and makeup, when I have to go and like shoot something, I'm like on like, no. the train. If someone else is it's on someone else's dime, I'm like, please get a car. <laughs> I'm on the train with the people. Yes. Um, so speaking of Beyonce, we put together a spin on a game that we like to play called Would You Rather? And all of these Would You Rathers are Beyonce themed. So, would you rather know the true backstory of the elevator video mm-hmm. or know whether or not Jay-Z actually cheated on Beyonce leading to the creation of Lemonade. Which would you rather know? I feel like I already know the second one, so I would rather know the first. What do you think about the second one? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's obvious, that Mm. he was running around doing some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. But I I want to amend my option. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and I want. I just want to hear the audio of the elevator Yo. that's what i want i want access to the audio because i want to have a visual right. i want the audio right. i want to hear what solange is saying what do you think she said she said fuck you nigga you low down nigga <laughs> you thought my you thought my you sister thought. my sister is at the top she's the queen right. of the world how dare what? you how dare you <laughs> That's I'm Try assuming that's again. the entire Try that shit again. entirety of the track. Right. How Call me another you. bitch that's is what she yes. said. Call me one more bitch. See what happens one to you. One more again. <laughs> um, would you rather babysit Blue Ivy or babysit Jay-Z when he's really drunk? <laughs> Blue Ivy any day because I feel like she is so shady. You she think is, so? I feel like she is so shady. She, and, yes, baby. And not like in the precocious, like, I know I'm smart kind of way. And mm-hmm. like, I know I'm knowing. But like, I feel like she's really like, I'm not dealing with you today. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, her mm-hmm. VMA, when she's like talking to her, she's like, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. the hand She already flip, has and she's the like, hand. She's yes. like, yeah, she's I've like, already mm-hmm. come here to this award show. Like, what, what is this? This is MTV? Yeah. Like, who watches MTV right. anymore? Like, I feel like she- <laughs> How am I not in Paris right now? <laughs> she's Where's just the like an all-knowing being. Absolutely. And so, like, I would love to, just, if I could spend an hour for free, I would, like, <laughs> yeah. babysit for free to just sit with her as she's oh, getting her hair braided. Agreed. Yes. Also, Jay-Z doesn't seem very fun. What kind of drunk do you think? Jay-Z I feel like is? he's like a lonely in the corner drunk. That's yes. exactly what I was gonna say. Just mm-hmm. sitting, just like he thinking about boring. shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's probably one of those drunks where like he's drunk, but you don't really know he's drunk because he didn't act drunk. Mm-hmm. And if you're drunk with him, you feel all judged and stuff because you're just like, <laughs> ah! and he's just in the corner. Hey, <laughs> so <Shalom>. drunk. <laughs> Would you rather only be able to eat food from Beyonce's garbage for the rest of your life, or spill a glass of red wine down her white suit on live television? Hmm. <laughs> I just got word from the control room that I drunkenly mispronounced the word glass and apparently said grass. So I'm going to say it one more time. You said grass? You said I didn't glass. know. The grass ceiling. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Tracy. I'm so sorry. Let's carry on. You cannot give me puns at this hour. I'm too drunk for it. Okay, would you rather only be able to eat food from Beyonce's garbage for the rest of your life or spill a glass of red wine down her white suit on live television? Ooh. Oh, she's a vegan now, so it's just vegetables in that uh, garbage. So is she I don't, for real a vegan? Right, right. Is she no, really she a is. Vegan? But I, I think she, 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 was for a few she doesn't use labels, so she has a plant-based diet, as oh! she calls it. Um, so I... <laughs> 
She has a plant-based. <laughs> She has. She has not. It's just like when she was like huh. not a feminist yet. She was like, I yeah. just believe feminist in the, based diet. Yeah, <laughs> it was, no, but it was. Feminist it was like it was diet. like I believe that women are equal to men. You know that was like her politic yeah, yeah. before. And she's and like, yo, she's I like, got I'm a, yeah. for you. <laughs> Bam. Here's the definition. Yes. Because uh, you thought I didn't know. Oh, but like know. the beehive coming after me for years and years and years. I guess I think I'll eat her garbage because mm. I, I would. I don't think I would be able to survive. Yeah. Real. Um, no. The like, like you dirty queen you soiled her like i wouldn't be able <laughs> to soil our queen <laughs> this sounds so filthy Ew. so we're going to move to pvp this is our rapid fire question pew, segment pew, 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 pew. First, I need to know if your husband has brothers or like cousins or like anybody that I can <laughs> Everyone marry. Everyone needs to know the answer to this question. So Aaron is the only brown person in his entire family. Are he you is the only what? child, a, a white Midwestern woman from North Dakota who married the one black man that went to her college. You literally oh have God. the only one of him. <laughs> I do. <Yo>! This interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I have a I have a very grown man. Aaron turned forty this year, so he has no single friends. They're all married or on the on the track. So it's like you know, you said married or on the track. On the track to get married, meaning like they have long time girlfriends. I was like, they got money because listen, I take those too. Your wedding was beautiful. How dare you? It really was. That's the question is how dare you? It really was. Well, the only reason why everyone got to really see it was, and I always talk about how um, black women who have gained access, especially in media or wherever, whatever space they're in, they've always supported me. I think about from Melissa Harris Perry and Bell Hooks. To Amsala, who designed my dress, who's a black woman. um, To to the editor-in-chief, Kia Miner at Brides Magazine. A black woman runs Brides Magazine. Come through, by the Brides way, people Magazine. don't know this. Yes. I would have like, That's no the reason idea. why my wedding was covered. She mm-hmm. reached out to me. She was like, I want to have a sit down with you. And like all of this stuff, it all happened because of the, the black sisterhood. Uh. And so like for me, it was like, it was a, it was amazing and magical, not just because I was surrounded by community and the people that I love and mm-hmm. my husband and his family, but because of this sense of like, I felt cradled and taken care of in the sense of being able to then share parts mm. that I'm comfortable with my um, marriage and wedding to, mm-hmm. with the world. Did you cry? I did. Me and Aaron were a mess. <laughs> I walked down the aisle with a string quartet playing oh Halo from Beyonce. So Beyonce was a part of my day. Heaven's dead. <laughs> Bye, heaven. On, you know, on, a, on, a, on a beach in on the island that I grew up with my family all there, my mother and father being in the same room since I was like four or five years old. Wow. Um, jumping the broom, all of those things. So it was just, it was like a magical day with fried chicken, with, yes. you know, lomi lomi salmon and Kahlua pig, like all of that stuff, all that the stuff that amazing. was a part of me was was there. Also in full glam with highlighter on point. Listen. With, with my best friend doing what my makeup. What is it never on point though? I feel like, <laughs> I appreciate how humble you're trying to be. Yes! It's cute. It's cute. It's, it's cute. so it's cute. cute. It's adorable. Everybody wants to know your skincare routine. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I use, and I have no endorsements with anyone. You need some hay companies. (laughs) Give her all the stuff. I use acne.org cleanser because I have acne prone skin because I have oily skin. Same. Which keeps you young, keeps Mm. the wrinkles away, keeps you moisturized. I'm writing this down. So (laughs) acne.org cleanser. Then I follow it up with um, a Kiehl's toner. Um, then I use micellar water to like wipe off makeup and stuff. 
Um, do you have a terrible roommate story? Oh God, I'm writing that right now for my next Ooh. book. It is, uh, yeah. So I signed up for grad school just on a whim because a friend suggested it. I had never known that grad school was something that was possible for me. Mm. And I went, I found these roommates on a NYU message board. I found that one of them was like, became one of my best friends. And the other one was just like, so problematic, beyond problematic. And so authoritative for just no reason. And just was like, showed like <clears throat> her whiteness as a sense of like, I own everything and I'm entitled <laughs> to all of the things. Sure, and I had sure. one year of my life where I just kind of stayed in the room. And the only time I would come out was to watch Grey's Anatomy. That was the only time I would come out to, wow. was to watch the second season of Grey's Anatomy. That was it. Um, <laughs> and so like we had it so many- like that Shonda. We had so, we, we had <laughs> so many passive world. aggressive arguments Yo. in a way that like her white girlness was a lot for me. Yeah. And so it, it found me eventually living in a studio apartment on the ground floor next to a pizza parlor in Astoria because I just could not live in the East Village with those girls anymore. Wow. Yeah. She was slut shamey and just all no. kinds of things, just all kinds of problematic Nobody stuff. Nobody wants that. Slut shamey and low key, Nobody like racist it. and not knowing it, just like all mm. that. But also like me not having the term monology yet for that did, stuff. How did right? that come up for you? Mm. Just, just instincts of just feeling bad and not knowing why, but not having mm. the terminology for it, right? And so like. I wasn't like a woke college student. Like I was just someone who was like trying to survive and like, oh, so I'm going to go to grad school. Great. I'm going to apply and I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. And, right. da, 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 and I'm in grad school now. Now I'm in New York City. And so it's like, oh, I'm here now. Da, da, da. Why are these people irritating me? Why, <laughs> why does this feel like why this? Why does fun? it feel like that? You know, like Excellent follow-up follow questions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I started asking myself all these questions as I was seeking and trying to figure out and also mm -hmm. just trying to survive. And just being like thinking in this whole like bizarre where like everyone's okay and it's fine. Yeah. and. And it like wasn't fine. And it took me years to find the terminology to like describe mm. what, like to find like, that was it. It was mm. slut shaming. And that was it. The bitch was jealous. The bitch was jealous. <laughs> she had bad roots. She took it out on me. That was like a problem. The shoes were stupid. Not my fault. Okay, we're going to do two more quick questions. If your soul, like if human souls have a color, what color do you think your soul is? Coral. Oh, quick answer. Why coral? <laughs> is it your it's, favorite color? It's the color that makes me feel happiest mm -hmm. and secure. It's a color that um, I wore on my first book cover. It's the mm -hmm. color that I keep on returning to. It's like a orangey so pink. Good in coral you do. It is. What? No, I'm telling you. Put on some coral. You will. Tomorrow. Your life will change. I'm wearing right. coral head to toe. It I is, will get coral. It contacts. is just like it's like that. <laughs> Coral socks. Coral, coral contact. Okay, Kenya Moore. Not, not, not colored contact. Coral. 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 Get it right. Get it right. But coral is the truth. It's like a color that keeps following me. I believe you. You look so and it, it good reminds in that me of like yeah. it reminds me of I think a thing that I probably haven't realized till like right now is like a discovery that you just have. Um, it reminds me of my grandmother's garden, and I spent oh. so much time there. My grandmother lived in the housing projects called Kaumano Housing um, in Oahu, and she would have these birds of paradise. And it reminds me I of the orange of yeah. in the birds of paradise. And I spent so much time in her garden that that's why I think probably that's it. Probably the root is there, but also just look good. It pops. Mm, listen, that's listen. so beautiful. Okay. One more question. So this last question is from a very, very big fan of yours. This fan's name is Mercedes. Mercedes wants to know what your favorite Janet Jackson song is. Oh, Mercedes. Um, <coughs> Janet 
The one that always gives me the feels would be Let's Wait a While. How did I know you were going to say Let's Wait a While? I was like, I hope you says Let's Wait a While. So I can sing it. Let's wait a while. I can't do it. Can I do it? This is a microphone. It's yes. hot. No. Before um. it's too late. Let's wait a while. Wait, you're not singing with me? I don't know any more of the words. Oh, my God. <laughs> she left me. Before oh. You know any of the other words? I know. Let's wait a while, okay? Okay, wow. I've had a lot to drink. Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child sang Let's Wait a While as a tribute to Janet Jackson at a Janet Jackson tribute. And it's one of the most amazing, it's amazing. You have yes. to look it up. Yes. this right now. Put in the Let's... newsletter. Okay. Yes. Bam. <laughs> Bam. No one. She's like, put that in the newsletter. <laughs> I know you don't got time for it right now. Look it up later. <laughs> yes. Oh, it feels so seen. Well, there's there's a layers to this shit. Right? Yes. It's not just the time we're talking. Levels. <laughs> Levels to this shit. Uh, I want to stay here forever. Can we live here? I'm gonna go put in a change of address at the post office. Just have all my I will mail sent to the stew. <laughs> What about me? Have you a long with me? This is so beautiful. This was amazing. I'm late for a dinner and I don't even care. Thank I you wish so we could much stay for here forever. Um, please come back and hang out. Oh my God. Yes. I'll this be was back. the perfect first interview back for another round season two. Absolutely. Oh my God. I feel so honored. Miss Janet Mock, where can people find you and your work? You can find me on Twitter at Janet Mock, on Facebook slash Janet Mock, on Snapchat and Instagram slash Janet Mock. <laughs> I think I'm very consistent there. Easy. And then, and, and then you know, the trans list. Yes, watch yes. it. December yeah, it's 5th, so good. PM. It's really, really on good. On HBO. I'm going to watch it again. It was wonderful. Let's wait a while before it's too late. Let's wait a while before we go too far. Let's wait a while before it's too late. Let's wait a while before we go too far. Let's wait a while before it's too late Before we go too far We love you, Janet! Y'all. What? It's the holiday season. I'm so fucking excited! Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, I love Christmas. <laughs> It's getting cold out. They're playing Christmas songs forever on the radio. The same five ones. Mm -hmm. I love it. I I love it. it. I love it all. Sometimes I make up my own lyrics to holiday songs, especially if it's a holiday song that I hate. Now, mind you, there's not a lot of songs that I hate. One that I do hate is Baby is Cold Outside because it's basically a very pretty sounding date rape. Not cool. Not cool. I can hear it. Right. So I remix it to make it all about consent, right? Okay. 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 Would you like to hear a sample? I absolutely would. Okay. So obviously I'm two people now. I'm the <laughs> sure. I'm the dude and I'm the chick, right? All right. And she's like, so heteronormative. I really Tracy. can't. St- I know. You know what? Maybe I'm. I'll switch it up. Maybe I'm a dude and I'm a dude. Okay. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I just said no. <laughs> I respect your decision. <laughs> yes. Thanks for the invite. Come back anytime. <laughs> Consent. It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> holiday time for a lot of people means family time. Mm-hmm. That means seeing the family you love, but also, you know, some of the, the ones you don't particularly care for that make your blood boil. When your family gets on your nerves, don't get mad. Don't take it out on yourself. Get even. Wait, wait, Tracy, no, that's not what we're doing. What? So if Aunt Gertrude <laughs> says something that pisses you off, 
don't lash out at your elders. That's not cute. That's not cool. Uh, but call us. Call us. Email us. Tell us how you dealt with the situation. We want the juice. We want the tea. We want the good, the bad, the frustrating, the randomly life-affirming, the surprising. You mm. know, We want to hear everything that goes on around your family table this holiday season. Yes. We're going to follow up in a few weeks. We're going to select some listeners to participate. It's going to be an upcoming call-in show. Tracy and I are going to chat with you all about... How you did it? Yeah. And how you just navigated all that, all that. And just how you doing, you know? How Sometimes you doing, you need girl? somebody to check on you. Oh, my God, See how yes. you're hanging in there. So here's how it's going to work. If you want to call in and talk to us, like the real us, like actual heaven and actual Tracy, <laughs> we will talk to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a message at the following number, 562-448-2899. And if you're curious, that is 562-HIT-BUZZ. Hey. <laughs> Hey. Like, hit me on the bus hey. if you didn't get it. Hey. And tell us, in 30 seconds or less, what your holiday conversations were like, how you navigated them, how you managed to survive. Um, you can also email us at anotherroundatbuzzfeed.com with your stories. And don't forget to say where you're calling from and how best to reach you so we can, we can chit-chat about it. Word. I'm so excited for this. I'm excited to, like, actually talk to our listeners. Yes. That's uh, something that's not so happened dope. except for in person. Yeah, occasionally on Twitter, you know. Yeah, but like voices and for stuff. For real, for real voices. Mouth talking, as I call Mouth it. Mouth talking. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to hear your stories. Send them, send them, send them. And good luck this holiday season. Listen. You got it. You got it. I believe you. Got in you got this. <laughs> Fuck it up, listeners. So, next week on the show, we're going to be talking all about her, or as other people pronounce it, hair (laughs) (laughs) and we have some really really important guests and by important guests i mean little baby girls talk about their hair you know i'm here for this you You know know that my body wants to have a baby right now so i should not listen to any of this i'm trying to convince every human i know to have a baby get out please get away from me (laughs) hi friend are you the one that's gonna give me a baby (laughs) provide a baby for my life seriously though we have children talking about their hair i like my hair being natural and it, and I like how it grows out flawless. <laughs> I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling amazing. I'm feeling inspirational. And I'm feeling like a teacher. And I'm feeling like um, Beyonce. <laughs> oh my God! Y'all heaven's eyes just teared up like they do in cartoons. Yo, We're like the water the level. Anime eyes. <laughs> I can't do. I can't do. She, she said, I'm feeling like Beyonce. I'm feeling yes. inspirational for the human Amazing. population. Confident. You're welcome. In this. Ready. Oh. This is so beautiful. What a time to be alive. I gotta go get pregnant. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You are now my friend who's going to be pregnant. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm expecting you to pay child support. So, we'll also be talking to the one and only Afro Bella who is known as the godmother of brown beauty blogging, which is a bomb-ass title to have. Get your hair ready. Get your hair did. It's been so long since I've asked this question, but heaven, what time are you? I don't know. What time is it, Tracy? <laughs> Baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Let's buy some rims. Yes, Tracy, who you buying around for? Oh my gosh. I am buying around for Miles Davis. Ooh. I have been listening to Miles Davis probably since college, I think, is when I discovered him. I used to have a friend who was very, very into jazz. And uh, he sent me Miles's um, Kind of Blue album. And, like, I would listen to it while I was writing. I think that's the only time that I would listen to him is when I was, like, trying to be creative. Mm. And recently I started listening to Miles again, and I was like, oh, my God, this is fun. Like, the activity of just sitting and listening to Miles Davis. I mean, my favorite shit, and this is going to sound so black bougie, (laughs) is to sit in my living room. I'm listening. (laughs) Is to sit in my living room, crack my windows a little bit, Light some candles, have a glass of wine, mm-hmm. or if anyone has any other intoxicants, okay, no, sure, whatever. Sure. I'm just, I'm not here to judge. And listen to Miles Davis, in particular, Sketches of Spain. Mm. I love Sketches of Spain. And it's fun. It's fun to sit down and just listen to his music for me. Word. Yeah, it's a great way to unwind. Did it's you watch beautiful. The, the movie? I did. With Don Cheadle. Your mans. Oh, <laughs> listen. And he's such a good actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. The movie Miles Ahead, it's like less biopic and more like short little action movie almost. Yeah. It's like a Rolling Stone journalist follows him and... Throughout this one crazy day. Yeah. Like one crazy it's day. not so much like here's his life. Yeah, his childhood. Yeah. Get all that. Which I kind of enjoyed. And it also happens like sort of towards the decline of his career kind mm. of. Which I thought was interesting too. Yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting. I love anything that Don Cheadle is in. Um, and he got Miles Davis's voice mm. so well because Miles Davis had like this kind of you know yeah, kind of yeah. Jack you know he did get that down like, yeah he he did a really really good job so the movie is good um, and the movie is actually how I started listening to Sketches of Spain because I'd never heard it before and in the movie he calls into a radio station and he's basically like stop playing all this bullshit and play Sketches of Spain yes <laughs> oh. so that's who my round is for Ooh, Miles Davis yes. in particular Sketches of Spain check it out we'll put it in the newsletter I'll put Word. it in the newsletter Word. how about you Ev you know who I'd like to buy around for me absolutely yay I was right that wasn't what I was going to say, but mm. yes. Tracy, are you kidding me? I mean, I every day of my life, I if I cry. could buy you a round, I would. <laughs> you know I don't have money like that, though. I mean. So we're working on it, Broken <laughs> <Okay>. Link Poverty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who is your round actually for? I would like to buy a round for friend of the show, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <gasps> oh. For the Hamilton mixtape. Yes. I haven't listened to all of it yet. I'm like okay. halfway through. So just, you don't even have to listen to it. Just the idea of it and the fact that he made it happen yeah. just right, brings me right. so much joy. You're right. Can I guess what your favorite track is? I don't know if I have an answer. Okay. Hmm. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Okay. I feel like I know what it is. Okay. Well, so here's what's what's been brought up for me. So okay. the, the mixtape is like his true vision of the show Mm -hmm. in that he originally sort of conceived of it as a concept album, which I didn't really know what that phrase meant, but he Mm -hmm. said it a lot. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, what's a concept album? Let me do some Googles. Googles. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact, he was just like, I want a mixtape that's like separate from this Broadway cast recording. Right. Which Which is is such a, yeah, what? How you just gonna sit down and write a whole play and then just write a whole mixtape? Right? And then he's like, I want my favorite artists who like inspired this thing to be on the tracks, Mm -hmm. cross genre, like, this shit is flames. It's crazy. It's a little rude. Right, he brought Bust the Back. He, like the mix of humans on this. Like Ja Rule and Ashanti. Oh my God. 
like oh my God, I before, feel so seen and heard. Before this mixtape came out, I was like, my children are never gonna live in a world where Ja Rule and Ashanti are a thing. And now I'm like, well, maybe they will. So on the cast recording, say no to this. Yes. On the mixtape, say yes to this, uh-huh. Jill Scott. Yes. Jill and you know Scott. Jill blew this out of the water because Jill Scott is she's slept freak. on. Listen, slept Jill on. Scott has got the bomb like seduce oh. your man or somebody else's music. Always, he loves me, fucking uh, Crown Royal. Like she, yes. You know what I mean? It was. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, saucy, <laughs> so saucy. saucy. In the deepest, sweetest parts of me, where I can't pretend. I want you for always. Ain't no reason. Um, but there's just such fun surprises, even if like um, genre-wise, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Which I, I I, I'm not like friendly to that argument. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say, you know, it has such a good mix, and I, I the fact that Lin Manuel is like rapping about fucking Hamilton, yeah, to a like Tupac remix yeah. of. Hail Mary? Right. Rapping from the viewpoint of fucking Thomas Paine, excuse me? Right. Excuse me? It's so good. It's such a beautiful time to be at the Venn diagram of rap and musical theater. Mm-hmm. I feel so seen. I feel Aww. so heard. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about how I'm defining the the years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think Trump has this weight already. Mm. for the Trump years. And I'm like, no, fuck that. You know what yeah. these years are? The yeah. Lin-Manuel years. Listen, the Hamilton years. The Hamilton years. The Hamilton years. mixtape years. Like, I, I, I do, Hamilton was one of those pieces of art for me that like, is like truly transformational. Yes, absolutely. It's been a while since I've seen art that's inspired me to make something. Mm. And Hamilton mixtape, just living in that universe where Lin-Manuel is like, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to have yeah. some fun. I'm going to rewrite gonna, shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, got skills, man. Oh, my God. I'm just so happy to be alive in Lin-Manuel Miranda's America. Um, proposal. Instead of acknowledging Donald Trump's America, mm. can we just can we just focus on Lin-Manuel Miranda's America? Yes. Let's, let's focus on the America that we care about. The one that's not awful. <laughs> the one where I can thrive. All right. Heaven's back, everybody. Heaven's back. <laughs> Back again. I'm so glad you're back and we did it! We ain't going oh. nowhere. We, we ain't going nowhere. Oh. It can't be we stopped. Can't be it's stopped. another round. Okay. I'm Harlem shaking, y'all. We did it. We Everyone did it. Back. Hey! Yay! Uh, this is what I needed. We want to give our biggest, most heartfelt shout out to Janet Mock. Yes, oh, yes. Season I'm two, so we back. Glad that you exist in the world. Thank you for blessing you like us. us. That collective you... glow up, you know. Yeah. Shout out to the pause Heaven's air horn is back. <laughs> I feel like you sound more confident now with the air horn. I hope someone's I hope been so. practicing. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. This episode was produced by the lovely and talented Nina Potuck and Julia Furlan with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer, who just got engaged. Did oh you know God, that? Y'all. 
The story is so cute, I can't stand it. I'm not even going to. Ridiculously adorable. Congrats, y'all. Congrats. And production support from Chiquita Pascal. Shout out to Noriko Okabe. Noriko is the best person in the world. Always holding us down at Argo Studios. Noriko. Shout out to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her online at Jean Greasy. And Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan. You can follow him at Don Will. You can follow Heaven at Heaven like the place that people believe in, but she doesn't. And Rand Still don't. Like the thing that y'all's president-elect cannot stop doing. Still does. <laughs> and you can follow Tracy at Brokey McPoverty like the financial state we're all trying to rise up out of. Ooh, bless us. Hey. Each and every one. <laughs> you can email us at another round at buzzfeed.com. You can tweet us at another round. You can Facebook us at another round. You can do all the things mostly at another round. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can rate us on iTunes. Do it. Subscribe to the newsletter at buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. Drink some water, take your meds, call your person. What else? Buy some candles. Heaven, I'm really into candles. Yo. You know, I saw a $300 candle in person once and I was like, it's not worth it. What could it be made of? It's a uh, gold, I guess, and like good gold credit. Good? I don't know. I don't know. Good credit does smell good. It probably does. <laughs> I would never know. I would never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's go home. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>